Hello, Pickleball family. Welcome to Pickleball Therapy, our podcast where we talk about all things pickleball with a focus on improving you as a pickleball player. If you follow us, you know we've been doing a series of our interviews with Coach uh, Pete, Dr. Peter Scales, regarding mental and emotional training. Those have been invaluable uh, to me as a pickleball player and just as a human being. Hopefully they've been helpful to you as well. This week we're going to take a little bit of a detour from that and we're going to talk a little bit about pickleball strategy. I'm going to share with you the number two error in pickleball. I think it's helpful uh, for you to know what the number two error in pickleball is so that you can fix it and take it out of your game. It's actually something that most of us can fix and take out of our games uh, fairly easily. And then in the riff at the end, I'm going to share with you uh, some developments that I'm working on and they have to do with using the off hand. So using the non-dominant hand when you play and how you can bring that into the game to improve your pickleball play. Before we dive into the pickleball strategy section of the podcast, a couple of housekeeping tips. First, next Tuesday on October 6th, I'll be on with CJ Johnson of Better Pickleball with an Ask Me Anything session on her channel. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern next Tuesday, October 6th. Make sure you join us. You can ask me any question you want. Well, almost any question, Um, especially if it has to do with pickleball. You can ask me anything you want Uh, during that session. Please join us. It should be a lot of fun. And on October 17th, we are really fortunate to be working with Catherine and Athena, two of the top pro players and pickleball instructors, and two of the best minds in the modern pickleball game in terms of analyzing how pickleball is played currently, you know, the most current strategies. What we're going to be focusing on is smart aggression, where we're going to be talking about uh, different things about pickleball or different aspects of pickleball, but we're going to be focusing on smart aggression, on how to be aggressive in a smart way in a way where you can maximize your chances when you're being aggressive, but not be aggressive when it may not be the right moment. So join us for that on October 17th. That's a Saturday from 3 to 6 p.m. That's an Into Pickle Academy workshop. There's a fee associated with that, uh, but you can get more information about it at intopickle.com or emailing Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, at intopickle.com. Let's get into it. Pickleball is an extremely strategic sport. There, I said it. It is extremely strategic. Players who really understand how to play pickleball know how to move the ball, where to hit the ball, where the advantages and disadvantages of certain types of shots arise, both that you're giving away and also getting from the other team. And they're able to capitalize on the advantages they get or the opportunities they get, and they're able to keep the opportunities given to the other team as low as possible. The knowledge that these players bring to the game is what we fairly, I think, characterize as pickleball strategy. It is the things that make the difference between a really, really good player and a player who might look like that has all the shots, can do any kind of shot you want the player to do, but doesn't really understand the game and doesn't understand how to build a point or build a rally successfully, how to minimize the opportunities that they're giving up to the opponent and how to capitalize on the opportunities that the opponents are giving to them. As part of the Into Pickle Academy and preparing for our, our workshops and our clinics, our online clinics, we study a lot of game tape. And in that game tape, what you see is you a lot of times end up seeing two teams. They look like they're evenly matched. In other words, their skill sets are pretty comparable. The shots are pretty comparable. Everything looks good. But as you study the game tape, you'll often notice that one of the teams suffers from some sort of a flaw in the game, some sort of really fundamental strategic flaw in the understanding of the game that then allows the other team to prevail. Two teams, about evenly matched, but because of a strategic difference or a difference in understanding of the game, one team generally will prevail. 
one example was a mixed doubles final that we watched. It was probably like, say, 4-0, 4.0 level play. Really good teams, good play, good shots. Everything looked pretty good. Uh, but one of the teams, one of the players on one of the teams would back up on every fourth shot, meaning the serving team, when the, when the opponents were hitting a, a third shot, before hitting the fourth shot, this player would back up. And when the player backed up, it opened up space for the serving team to move forward. And that kept on happening over and over and over again. And you could see how whenever the player that I'm talking about would back up off the line, uh, the serving team, the opponents would capitalize on it. And what ended up happening over the course of the three games that they played, you could see that the team that didn't have that flaw, the team that did not step back on the four shot, didn't provide as many opportunities to the other team to to score when they were serving. So the, the team that had the strategic flaw was basically giving an opportunity to the opponent to score more points more easily, and that, at the end of the day, cost them the match. Let me offer a concrete example of how understanding pickleball strategy can help you improve your game. One area where a lot of players make mistakes and where they can clearly improve their game significantly is missing fourth shots. So missing the third shot comes across, you're the return team, and the fourth shot either goes into the net or goes so far, so far out that it's easy for the serve team just to let it go. Those types of errors are the are capital E errors. They're the kind of errors that you just can't have in your game if you want to succeed in pickleball. And if you look at the sort of the ranking of errors, when I first started playing pickleball, I was told that the cardinal sin was missing a serve. I was told you never want to miss a serve. And that's simply, I mean, nobody wants to miss a serve. I'll agree with that. But it's not the cardinal sin. It's not the number one error. It's not even the number two error. And And to suggest that, in my opinion misses the mark in terms of understanding pickleball and and how pickleball how a pickleball game is built the one thing you cannot do in pickleball is miss a return of serve so i think that's pretty simple everybody would agree with that the second thing you cannot do in pickleball however is miss a fourth shot and by that i mean you know the shot that the third shot get hit by the serve team and you you just duff the four shot right so you just simply cannot miss a four shot when you play pickleball and here's why the serve team hasn't done anything at that stage of the rally to deserve not just the rally, but to deserve a point. They haven't done any, and they, you haven't made them work, you haven't made them do anything really in order for them to, to win the rally. At the time that you miss the four shot, you have complete control of the rally. You're the return team, you're up at the NVZ, hopefully you and your partner are standing at the NVZ, the non-volley zone, and you have control of that situation. When you miss the four shot, you're giving up your advantage, so you're basically conceding your advantage, but worse yet, you're giving the uh, serve team a point. Think about it this way. You can miss 11, 12, 13 serves in a game and still win the game. You normally will not be able to miss 11, 12, or 13 fourth shots and still win the game. This may seem like a simplistic example, but I assure you that having an appreciation of the importance of the four shot and how important it is not to press or do something too much during a four shot is an area that most players would benefit from from fixing in their games. Too many uh, free points are given away during games by missed four shots, where the miss isn't simply uncalled for. It's a, you know where the return team is trying to do too much with a shot, hit it too hard, hit it too aggressive, do too much with it, and they end up just missing the shot as opposed to waiting until the serve team just misses their fifth, seventh, or ninth, and you know make it easy on themselves. So yes, it's a fairly simple. Thing to understand fairly simple part of pickleball that a player can can understand grasp and hopefully fix in their game but it just gives you an example of how understanding pickleball strategy understanding the fundamentals of pickleball and how pickleball works can help you as a player become better at the game 
not give away free points, and be more successful as a pickleball player. Another example where understanding how pickleball works uh, can really benefit a player is not taking advantage of opportunities. Pickleball is a game of errors and opportunities. So, you know, most pickleball games, uh, 4-0 and under, are, are usually won or lost based on errors. But the next layer after errors are opportunities or missed opportunities. So which team takes advantage of opportunities and which team does not? And I don't mean the easy, you know, the ones that are easy to figure out. So like the clear pop-up that that goes over, you know, not over your head, but it goes up, you know, at your shoulder level or head level and you can just slam down on it. Everybody knows to attack that ball. What I'm talking about is when you have a ball that bounces inside the non-volley zone, it sits up and the player is back. Where you hit that ball, do you take advantage of the opportunity or are you pressing the player who's back or putting pressure on that player in order to, um, you know, keep them back and, and try and, and create something? Are you attacking balls that are, you know, say at your rib level? Those types of things. So, you know, if you have one team, say again, two, two evenly matched teams, and you have one team that's taken advantage of those opportunities and one team that is not, the team that's taking advantage of the opportunities will likely prevail in that game. And that's something that understanding strategy and understanding how pickleball is played and, and what you're trying to accomplish when you're out there is, is helpful. To, you know, it's obviously going to help you improve, is going to help you win more of those uh, rallies, more of those exchanges, and ultimately win more games. Another example where understanding pickleball strategy can make a big difference in, in how you play the game is the neutral dink. What I mean by neutral dink is I mean a dink that comes across, it bounces inside the non-volley zone, it sits up, it doesn't have a lot of spin, it's not stressing you one way or the other, it just kind of sits up and it's waiting for you there. A lot of players take that dink and then just send it back without doing anything with it. In other words, they just kind of dink it back over neutrally. That approach to the rally is giving up an opportunity or not taking advantage of an opportunity. What can end up happening is if you hit it back neutrally and you're playing, again, an evenly matched team, but someone who takes advantage of opportunities, the other team now is going to press the action, is going to try and do something with it, hit an aggro dink or do something like that with that shot, hit an MVZ lob, do something to basically put some pressure on you, uh, and now you're, now you're on your heels. So you went from having an opportunity, not taking advantage of it, to now being on your heels and potentially losing that rally. That's another area where having an understanding of pickleball and how the rallies are played and how successful rallies are built can help you, you know, construct a more effective way of playing that will ultimately end up in you winning more rallies and at the end of the day, winning more games. Stay tuned for this week's riff where I'm going to share with you what I've been doing in my pickleball journey and specifically has to do with the offhand or the non-dominant hand. The tips in there or what I'm, what I'm going to share with you, you should be able to adapt into your own game. If it's something that uh, you need help with uh, or need to know what to do with your offhand and how you can help improve your strokes using it. This week I've been working on an area of my game or a part of my game that needs improvement. And that has to do with my backhand going all the way from the, the baseline from the third shot through the transition zone up to the dinking and then the volleying. And what I've been trying to do is figure out a way to you know, it strengthened my backhand side, make it a little more uh, solid, make it a little less um, variable, It'll take out variance from the strokes, because as you know, if you follow us, it, consistency and variance are key to playing uh, good pickleball or successful pickleball. And so what I've been doing is I've been incorporating my offhand. I'm left-handed, so my dominant hand is my left hand. What I've been doing is adding my right hand into my strokes. I don't, I, even though I come from tennis, in tennis I never used a two-handed backhand. It wasn't part of my, my game. I never never hit with a two-handed backhand. And so in pickleball, I don't use, I have not been using my right hand. My right hand is more of a balancing kind of a thing and maybe, you know, just 
keep me in balance. That's pretty much it. So what I've been doing is adding it into my game by putting it behind the paddle when I'm holding it with my left hand. I don't grip the I don't grip the the paddle itself. In other words, I'm not gripping the grip like I would if I was going to hit a two-handed backhand. But what I am doing is I'm bringing the the right hand over to the paddle more and engaging it in what I'm doing. What that allows me to do is a, a few different things. The first thing it does is that it helps me avoid backswing. By keeping the hand on the paddle, it, it basically it's like a doorstop is what a friend of mine called it the other day, which is pretty apt. So it basically keeps my paddle from swinging back any farther than where my hand is, is located. And that's a really good thing, particularly when you're trying to hit uh, volleys, um, you know, fast volleys. So someone's attacking you. You don't want to bring that paddle back and open up that door to attack. So what you want to do is keep that paddle out in front. Having the non-dominant hand on the back of the paddle can help you avoid that, you know, bringing the paddle back. A second benefit of using the offhand behind the paddle is it just makes the paddles stronger, the paddle head stronger. What I mean by that is if I'm holding it only in one hand and a ball hits the paddle hard, I have to use my smaller top muscles in my forearm to hold the paddle in place and not let it flutter. By having my right hand on the back of the paddle, I can use that hand now to stabilize the paddle or help stabilize the paddle as it's being hit by the ball. An extension of that, which is something that I'm trying to incorporate in my game but is difficult for me, is to use my offhand to also generate counter power. So basically as the ball comes towards the paddle, using the offhand to accelerate the paddle forward and to help generate or deliver power into the ball, energy into the ball to send it back the other way harder than I could with only one hand. Another benefit I'm finding from using the offhand is in my third shots and my dinks is it really forces me to engage my core and to have better body position. When I use one hand, sometimes I'll reach away from my body. Uh, I think of it like basically getting out over your skis. So I'll basically, my, my head will go too far forward. And so I lose balance in that situation. Not that I'm falling over, but it's not a proper balance position. When I have my other hand engaged, my right hand engaged with the paddle, it forces me to turn from my core, you know, turn my whole body from my core as I get ready for the shot. How I hit the shot will depend on the type of shot and whether I want to engage the second hand or the offhand in the particular shot. But just having it there as I, as I get ready to hit the ball really helps me focus on my balance and gets me into a better position with my body to hit the shot. A last benefit that I've noticed from using the offhand comes from the different types of muscles in the forearm and their, their relative strength. So, you know, my experience is that the, the muscles on the bottom of my forearm, so basically from the palm of my hand back to my elbow, are stronger than the muscles on the top of my forearm, which would be on the back of my hand to my elbow. So when I hit a backhand, I'm using the muscles on the top of my forearm, which are smaller, and they're just harder to, harder to control for me. They're harder to, for me to, to control the, the tension of and also the, the amount of energy that's going into the paddle. When I use my right hand, I'm using the bigger muscles because those are now the palm of the of the hand is facing the paddle or the action. So it allows me to try and transfer some of that energy that I'm using from the smaller forearm muscles in my left arm to the larger forearm muscles in my right arm. And I think that over time, once I develop that and, and perfect it, I'll be able to execute better shots. I hope that these observations from my personal journey as a pickleball player can help you incorporate some of these tips into your game. Consider using the offhand, particularly having difficulty with your backhand stroke. Consider bringing the other hand into play. You can bring it into play as much as, you know, actually grabbing the paddle like a two-handed backhand player does, sort of like Annalie Waters or Simone or players like that that use both hands uh, on the backhand side. 
Uh, or if you want to look at a Riley Newman or a Lindsey Newman as well, really good examples of, of really using that offhand to generate power and to use it completely in the stroke. As another option, you can do kind of what I'm doing, which is a hybrid where I'm basically bringing the offhand into play, but I'm not bringing it into play quite as fully as the Newmans would or as the Waters do in their game. One of the beauties of pickleball is that you can adapt the game to your to your preferences, uh, to your skill set, to your body type, to all sorts of things. And you don't have to use a particular formula that works for one person, may not work for another person. So you don't have to just say, okay, this is how they do it, this is how I'm going to do it. What you need to do is you need to experiment with different things within within some uh, constraints of things that make sense. But you know you want to basically incorporate uh, different concepts into your game, apply them to your game in a way that makes sense for you and that make you the best big ball player that you can be. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Next week, we'll pick up again with Coach Pete and keep on hearing about some mental and emotional training skills and tips that we can incorporate into our pickleball games and, more importantly, into our daily lives. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. If you like the podcast, they probably will too. See you next week and stay safe out there.